It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is best-selling author, actor, singer, and most importantly, a licensed pilot, Dina Martin, who has been very busy during the pandemic with the Dina Martin live shows that have run online for 45 consecutive weeks. The show was in the top 10 Polestar chart worldwide live streams. For everything about Dina Martin and to catch her weekly shows, go to dinamartin.com and you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Dina, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you so much, Ira. Thank you for having me back. It has been a little while. It has. I didn't realize, as I mentioned before we started, it's <laughs> time marches on rather quickly when you don't realize it or you're busy living a life, which you do. You live a life and you work a life, which is what I like about you is you're a hard worker. You had this strong work ethic from the very beginning. And clearly you're still out there and you have been very creative in how you decided to handle this pandemic, which has obviously stop touring for most people, but not for you, in a sense, because you're touring from your house. That's right. Downstairs, upstairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, by the way, works out so you also get your exercise. Yeah, that's true. Well, thank heavens we have a, uh, a treadmill. So, you know, that, that has saved us. So I don't have to go out anywhere. And uh, Although, you know, walking outside would be nice, too. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. But this has been quite a, quite a time. Yeah, and uh, as you say, it's going to be 45 consecutive weeks of doing this uh, this live show, which has really been uh, interesting and fun, and the response is just, you know, uh, remarkable, because we wanted to, I think it was back in March, I was supposed to go into uh, Herb Alpert's Vibrato on the 18th and 19th, I believe it was, and it was, it was around the 17th, and I said, now, are you sure, you know, to Herb Alpert, I said, are you sure you're not going to close, because everything was, you know, closing down? He said, no, no. And uh, and then they called back and they said, oh yeah, we're 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 going to close down. So I thought, wait, we had two sold out shows. What am I going to do with all you know all the people who were going? So Rosario, my fabulous assistant, said, why don't you do a Facebook live show, and then everybody can watch it. We'll send them you know emails, let them know you're going to do it. So the uh, songs you were going to do uh, at the club, maybe you could do some of those. So we did our first one, and uh, it was it was fun. And there were like 58,000 people who watched it. Amazing. For, so the, fir- went, for the very first one. Yeah. Jeez. You know, for that, for, you know, for that week. Yeah, they didn't yeah. tune in right at that, at that time. There were a lot of people who were, you know, tuning in and everything. But then it just grew and grew and grew. We've had over 12 million, uh, you know, views on it. So it's because people, you know, I wanted to do it because people were stuck in their homes or stuck in their little rooms or in the, in the hospital. They couldn't get out. No one... And, you know, can't even see anybody. People weren't allowed to visit them. And so we thought, well, you know what, this is, this is great. And then the response, and the, because it is live, and people, they, you know, they sit down and they, they watch it and they comment. And so what's great is, you know, John's doing the music. I'm doing the singing. Rosario is uh, looking at all the posts and everything, and she'll say, oh, you know, Ira is in the house. You know, <laughs> you know and so it's, we're still there. It's, still, it's live. It is live, yeah. You know, it's, it's live, and so, you know, all the mistakes. And 
sometimes I can't tell a joke right, you know, and so we laugh. <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's perfect for everybody. And it has be, become, you know, part of their, they say, you know, thank heavens for Fridays. You know, and it's all over the world. You know, maybe people are in London, you know, it's 9 o'clock there watching, or, you know, the next morning in Australia. Or, in fact, I just got a, a Christmas card from the president in, uh, let me see, Mozambique. Wait a minute. Uh, it, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable where I'm getting all of these uh, people. And we are, we're brightening their day. We're giving them music they can make requests. And so they'll, they'll send in a request. Uh, someone said, oh, please, could you play, uh, please sing, send me the pillow you dream on. You know, I loved that when your dad did it. So I call uh, Rick Creedy, my musical director, who's in Boca Raton, Florida. I tell him, we want to do send me the pillow you dream on, and we'll figure out a key, and he'll, he'll uh, do the piano version for me, send it to me. I'll, you know, I'll sing with it. I'll say, okay, well, that's good key. Now we need backup singers. So then I you know, send it back to him, and he puts on uh, background vocals. And then we do it on the show. So it's absolutely, it's all live. And he's very happy because he's one musician in the world who's getting paid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, which is, which is fantastic. Well, do you see also using perhaps Zoom in this sense that you can get in your musicians and your backup singers if you want at the same time you're in your home studio doing it? So well, you, you have... know, well, that is, that is possible. And I've done, you know, lots of Zoom things. Right. But, uh, for this, it's just been so... Uh, uh, so nice for me, and I don't have to worry about other people who are going to show up or, or, or do whatever it is, because we've kind of got a, a formula, and I have, I'll do two songs, and then I have mail time, and I go, mail, mail, mail time, and then people <laughs> send in all these, and I, so I read the cards and, and the letters, and they, they send me things. In fact, it was funny, I think on one of my first shows, uh, someone, uh, oh gosh, uh, I'm trying to think of his name right now, oh, Tom. Tom McGlory, and he's in Brussels, okay? He's in Brussels. I said, oh, my gosh, I love chocolate. All of a sudden, you know, a few days later, there's some beautiful Belgian chocolates at my door. <laughs> and, you know, so and I talk about it. Oh, we've eaten them all. And so it's great. So I'm, I'm there communicating with the people. They're communicating with me, and it's become, you know, their way of life. And they say, please, Dina, hopefully even, you know, when this is over and we can all go out, maybe you could still do Facebook Live. I said, well, I could do some live shows, and I said, but maybe I'll come to a town near you. Maybe I'll be out there with you, and you can see it. You know, and they're saying, well, we're in Ireland, <laughs> we're in Scotland, and uh, you <laughs> well, know, so you're, they you're, want it, me to keep doing it. Yeah, you're global now, without oh, yeah. without any more effort in terms of think of all the wear and tear of traveling, and tra and you and John do that a lot. Oh, yeah. But here now, you're at home and able to do it. I remember the last time I saw you perform was at the Smith Center about five years ago, and. It was a great performance, and we should mention that when you mentioned mail time, I'm sure there's a separate mail time with John, as in M-A-L-E. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, my handsome husband, John. <laughs> he, is, he is so great. And I don't know how he does, you know, all the, the music. Because, you know, when I do an album, we have, what I do is, after, we'll do a TV track. So we take out my voice. So I just have the music. So what I, that's what I do. Say if I go to do a TV show and there's no band or orchestra, right, right. then they just you know, plug in the uh, TV track, and then I sing live to, to that. So we have that here in my rehearsal you know, studio downstairs. And uh, so he can play those, and then we put in the things that, that Rick sends us. So we have a whole mix. And it's kind of it's tough because we don't have, you know, it's on an iPhone on a tripod. 
we don't have cameramen and things like that. It just it sits on the tripod, and we just do it from here. So it's become just a, like a, a family thing for people all over the world, and they're just loving it, and I am loving it. And John, I don't know how he gets you know, the levels of the music. is not everything is the same volume, and then I have to be able to hear myself so that I can stay on pitch. And sometimes I don't, and so I go, see, now you know it's definitely live. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, it is a tricky little thing, and you really do need someone like John to watch the levels because webcasting is entirely different than broadcasting. Yes. So you have to really look at it. I'm, I'm fascinated. You mentioned that it was on an iPhone. I thought you had regular cameras set up and, and doing it that way. No, it, we, uh, we put it on the iPhone, and it's on a tripod, you know, and so it's, it's right there, and then we, we check it. I mean, here I'm just looking at this tiny little iPhone, and I'm, you know, trying to sing. And it, you know, the first few times it was really strange for me because, you know, when I sing, you know, usually there's applause. If I tell a joke, people are laughing. <laughs> yeah, or there's and nothing so there. There's like, you know, this doesn't, Rosario go, yay. <laughs> <laughs> she holds up the applause sign. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. John said, you know, one point, he's, it, maybe I'll get a laugh track. I said, no, we don't need any no. tracks. No. Just what, one <laughs> last technical question about this. Does John have a monitor for you, a visual monitor for you out of the iPhone so you can see how you look and are moving within that range? No. Uh-uh. No, I stand there. I, there's a, on our rug right there, he put a, you know, a tape. There's a cross. You know, he put down a, you know, X marks the spot right. where I stand. <laughs> Amazing. This and, is great. This is a great, I just, I can picture that whole thing going on in the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so it, <laughs> it's, it's great fun. And then people, of course, you know, they will call me. In fact, uh, let me see, I'm trying to think. Uh, Gianni wants me to do something for Birdland to, uh, you know, because hopefully they're going to open up New York and people can, you know, get back to work. And he wants me to say something about Birdland. Let's keep Birdland open because we need entertainment. And so after the show... On Friday, I will do a little video for him. We'll send that out to him. And, uh, you know, Rod Stewart, everybody is doing uh, a little something for them. So I'm constantly getting requests to do something for Make-A-Wish, and I'll do, a, I'll, I'll do a song for Make-A-Wish, or whatever it is that they've asked me to do. Usually after the show, then I will do something for, uh, for somebody, which is, uh, which is really important to do. Because I only want to put makeup on that one Friday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think what you're doing is what they call in the political world retail politics. You're doing retail entertainment. There you go. That's exactly it, and I'm happy to do it, and the people are happy. It's a lot, a lot of work. I mean, it's, it's really hard to do. And as I say, you know, it's been you know, 45 consecutive weeks. We have not missed once. So it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable, and uh, thanks. Thank God, you know, for Rosario and my handsome husband, John, who's doing that. Because when I'm talking on the microphone, when I'm uh, talking to the people, it has to be a different volume from when I'm singing. Sure. So it's, it's a lot of work for him to, to do that. And uh, sometimes I'll, maybe he'll start the wrong song, and I'll say, okay, and I love this song, and we're going to do it. And maybe it's the wrong song, it's the next one. And then someone will send me an email saying, fire your sound man. You know, <laughs> you know, you get, a, get a new sound. You know, it's funny. So it's all, uh, you know, we all just get to, you know, talk to each other and we keep it light and fun. And, uh, you know, so, so that's what we do. So I have this little spots in the show and it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's a joy to do, as I say, a lot of hard work, but I'm learning new songs. And when this is over, in fact, I've learned like 50 new songs. Because we've been doing these, uh, you know, 45 uh, weeks of this, right. and people are requesting songs. So Rick's happy, 
you know, over in Boca Raton, and uh, we're happy here, and we'll have to do, you know, a few albums, a few records of the new song. So do you think you'll go back into Capitol Records? You know, I, you know, I wonder, probably, you know, because those are all my, uh, all my pallies, uh, you know, all the musicians and everything. So well, we you, your, your, your album, Swing Street, that was recorded in Studio A at Capitol Records, yeah. and I was able to be given a tour of that studio, well, the whole Capitol Records studio complex, and right. it's, it's definitely a vibe you get that you don't get anywhere else. That's exactly right. Just walking down the hallway to Studio A, or, you know, down to the recording studios, to see the photographs that are along the walls. You know, so you've got Peggy Lee, that, there's the Beach Boys, there's Dean Martin, Nat King Cole, Judy Garland, you know, you, uh, you name it, you know, Frank Sinatra. So they're all there as you're walking into Studio A. And I was actually in Studio A when my dad recorded, when I was a little girl, maybe nine years old or something, and I went with my mom, and he recorded Memories Are Made of This. And you and have and you have it. memories of that, right? I have memories of that, and I and I remember going in there and sitting on that little chair. My I don't even think my feet, yeah, you know, <laughs> touched the touched the floor. And he sang it, and there were three backup singers. They were called the Easy Riders. Sweet, sweet, the memories you give to me, and you know. So there it was, and it was. I thought, oh my gosh, and they all loved Dad, and he was great. He sang it once or twice, and uh, I think I'm trying to think who was the. Uh, producer, I, I can't remember his name right now, but he said, I think we have a hit. Sure enough, went to number one. And that's why I named my book, Memories Are Made of This. Which I think is going to be made into a movie at some yes, point, right? Yes, it is. And, you know, it's been put on hold now, right. of course. You know, we've had five telephone conversations, you know, meetings on the phone before it. And so I'm in no rush. You know, it doesn't have to, it's got to be done with respect because Dean Martin was absolutely the best, the best voice so funny, so kind, so uh, cool, king of cool. And so it has to be just right. I don't want, um, you know, for the, uh, to play Dean, which is very, very difficult to f- uh, find someone to, to play him. Uh, I don't want, you know, impersonators. I want a really good actor who can, who can sing, who can move, who's funny, who has it. You know, because Dad had all of that. Yeah, that's more important than an impersonator. I agree. I know what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Let's take a break. My guest, Dina Martin has been very busy during the pandemic with the Dina Martin Live shows. It's run online for 45 consecutive weeks. The show is in the top 10 Polestar chart worldwide live streams. For everything about Dina Martin and to catch her weekly shows, go to dinamartin.com and you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. You think you know Vegas? But how much do you really know about this neon city? See the dark side of the bright lights at the Ma Museum where you can explore how a tough little town transformed into a gaming metropolis with a little help from organized crime. You won't find these stories of lawbreakers and law enforcement, mob bosses and prosecutors anywhere else. The Ma Museum in downtown Las Vegas. More information at themamuseum.org. Now, let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Dina Martin. She's been busy during the pandemic with the Dina Martin live shows that have run online for 45 consecutive weeks. The show was in the top 10 Polestar chart worldwide live streams. 
for everything about Dina Martin. And to catch her weekly shows, go to dinamartin.com and you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Dina, I was listening to a previous conversation we had on the show, and one of the things that struck me then and still does is you're the child of a legendary entertainer, and there are other adult children of legendary entertainers that have not fared the way you have fared. You have been always, in my opinion, very comfortable in your own skin, and you have staked out your own ground. And is there something different about you than some of these other children of legendary entertainers? something different about me. Well, you know what? First of all, I was brought up right. Okay? So we were, uh, I was uh, taught to respect our elders. You know, it's always please and thank you. My dad said, don't, you know, uh, treat people the way you want to be treated. So if you're, if you're raised properly, I think you're going to be all right. But there was something I was, you know, I was given piano lessons and ballet lessons and tap lessons. So I was, I was blessed with with being able to learn from professionals. And I learned about timing, and I learned about being on time, uh, learning your lines. And I remember my father telling me, because I had asked him, I said, you know, should I get singing lessons? He said, well, you know, if you want to sound like everybody else in the choir. And uh, he said, just find your own voice, and then once you find your own voice, then, um, you know, then we can, we can talk about that. That's a funny little aside story, because I said to uh, Frank Sinatra, I said, so how do you sing? How do you do it? Because we were, we were on the Dean Martin, it was uh, the Martins and the Sinatras, we were doing the Christmas special, mm-hmm. and, so, and we were going to do a song together. It was Tina and my dad and me and Uncle Frank. We were singing a song together. So I said, to, I said, so Uncle Frank, how do you do it? How do you sing? He says, well, I take in a big breath, I push from the diaphragm, and I can tell even before a note comes out if I'm going to be on pitch or not. I said, really? Does my dad do that? He says, no, your father has no idea what he's doing. It was so cute because, you know, my dad did have that natural, fabulous, fabulous voice. But I think, you know, it, it, uh, it was, it's a respect. I grew up with all of, uh, all of these entertainers, you know, so I knew Peggy Lee and Rosemary Clooney and Frank Sinatra and Bobby Darren and Uncle Sammy Davis, Jr., so when I watched these people, and I knew this is what I wanted to do, and my dad always said, you know, it's, it's a tough business. And I said, yeah. He said, but if you work hard. So I think it's, it's all of that. I, I really do my, I do my homework. You know, my dad didn't like to rehearse. I do a lot of rehearsing. I want to make sure I know what I'm, what I'm doing. And, and thank God, you know, I was blessed with not only his name, Dean, Dina, Martin. Uh, I was blessed with his personality, his sense of humor. And so it's just, it's in my DNA. So I think I really lucked out in, in that way, but I have taken it and worked on it, uh, you know, in my own way. And I never give up. You know, we just, uh, also I'm lucky enough to, you know, wake up in the morning and I go, oh, you know, I, I feel good. What are we going to do today? Like, what new song are we going to learn? So I have a positive attitude and I always look on the bright side. I see the, the glass is half full. And that's what I do on my show, too. I have a sippy poo. So I have the Dina Martini, and it's cute. And it's, it's gone all over, you know, as I say, all over the world. And people will say, you know, I'm sitting here with my, with my little son. He has lemonade, and we're all going to have a sippy poo. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's cute. Now, do you ever have a Dina Martini before the show? Never. Well, okay. I think, no. Huh? <laughs> okay. No, no, you know, that's something that I, you know, I've learned. And I don't know how people do that. 
I don't know how you could have a sippy poo before you're going to go on stage or, or do anything. No, that's for, that's for after. You know, so it's, and I miss this so much. I miss going out after a, you know, a live show and you know, standing there and all the people come up and say, God, you know, I loved your show. It was great. I loved that song. And, you know, I, I used to get to, you know, hug them and take a picture with them, you know, give my autograph, or they would buy, you know, CDs of the book. And it was because there I was communicating with the, with the people, and it was so, you know, much fun. Now I don't know that there's going to be any hugging and kissing uh, once we get out. You know, I'll, I'll take a picture with, with people. Yeah, it's a different world right now, but... It's a whole different world. Yeah, you've obviously adapted to it. I was just thinking about your husband, John, because... Had his name been spelled slightly different, they could have named a park after him in Los Angeles. Oh, that's true. But we've got the E-T-H, G-R-I-F-F-E-T-H, that beautiful, oh my gosh, Griffith Park. And we would go there all the time. But, uh, you know, nowadays it's, it's too bad what's going yeah. on, uh, yeah. you know, in, in the world with this pandemic. And, but we'll get through this. And uh, do, you have, uh, do you have the vaccine where you are? We do. And yeah. we're starting to allocate it to different groups. So it's, uh, it's now started in Las Vegas. Speaking of Las Vegas, do you have an early memory of Las Vegas that you can share with us? Oh, oh yes. And it was, it was before 66. So I had to be like 62. Well, I'm trying to think, I don't remember what year, but it was, uh, you know, early 60s. And I went to, went to Las Vegas when dad was playing in the Copa room at the Sands Hotel. And I was little and we were in the, you know, front row. Of course, we always had, you know, those, that front row seat. And that stage at the Sands Hotel comes right up, you know, and all the tables are right there. And, you know, Dad would walk out, which was so cute because people would put drinks on their table. And Dad could go over and, you know, he, he would pick up a drink. Someone would order a drink for him, which was cute. But sitting there in the dark waiting for the show to start, and you'd hear the announcer say, Ladies and gentlemen, the Sands Hotel is proud to present the star of our show direct from the bar, Dean Martin. <laughs> and then he would walk out. And, you know, looking so uh, handsome and dapper. And, uh, you know, he would, he would sing. He was funny. He told jokes. He never really finished any of the songs. You know, I mean, he said, you want to hear the whole song? Buy my album. <laughs> you know, he made me laugh. And, and the people, you know, around me, when he would walk out and everybody would go, oh, there he is. And I knew, you know, I, I knew then that that's what I wanted to do. Because he was making people laugh. He made people happy. And he was like, even that line when he said, well, how'd all these people get in my room? It was like being right there with him, and everybody felt comfortable. And he was, uh, he was just so charming and fabulous. And so I knew, of course, that's, that's what I wanted to do. And then, and then the times that I would see uh, you know, Uncle Sammy Davis Jr. come out with him and Uncle Frank Sinatra and the three of them together on stage, just spectacular. You know, to, to see the love uh, that they had for each other. And, uh, you know, they weren't jealous of each other. They would let the other shine. They just had a good time. They joked around. Well, are you surprised how much Las Vegas has changed over the decades? Oh, yes. Because, you know, when, when I was little and we would, when we would go there, someone would say, well, oh, my gosh, let's go way out to Circus Circus. It was way out there. So now everything is way out there. I mean, it's just huge now. And I'm sorry, because it used to be a lot classier. Uh, I, I hate to say this, but, you know, when I would see, you know, the women all, you know, dressed beautifully, if you walk through the casino, and the men, you know, they were all dressed beautifully. And now you have a lot of people in T-shirts and jeans and hats, baseball caps. 
so it's a little different. I think the but, one exception, though, Dina, is that when you appeared at the and performed at the Smith Center, that audience is more like that old Vegas audience used to be. Exactly. Everybody looks good. You know, the men are in suits and, you know, are just, you know, looking fabulous. And that's the Smith Center is, is a beautiful, beautiful place. And I love playing in Vegas because, my, you know, a lot of my friends will come and come up on stage and sing with me. And, uh, you know, which is really, you know, it's a treat for me. So, I mean, I, I miss going to, to Vegas. And, I, I, well, I miss traveling around doing those live shows. I don't miss the packing and unpacking. <laughs> yeah, that's always it. And, yeah. and now you mentioned last time when we talked, too, that going through security and having to do all that stuff that you didn't, didn't used to have to do. And now you have to do it, so it's much oh, more effort. Ab- absolutely, and so it's you know it, it's hard, and you know, you're packing. I'm I'm not only packing the uh, you know say a gown for the show, but then if I'm doing uh, radio shows or if I'm doing TV shows for the PR, so that's another set of clothes. It's a lot of lot of stuff to carry and uh, shoes, and so it's a tricky business packing and unpacking. Because we were on the road 280 days out of the yeah, year. Yeah, that's a lot. And yeah. I, I remember we talked about the fact that you're a pilot, which I kind of kidded about in my intro. But yeah. you mentioned the last time we talked, too, that even though you guys can fly, you have too much stuff to put into a small private plane. You have to actually have to do it a different way. Yeah, sometimes because it's, it's a lot of stuff. And it, especially if we're on tour, if we're doing more than one venue and we've got stop here and a stop here. So we don't usually take our plane because that's, well, first of all, it's eight hours bottle to throttle, uh, all right? And so after a show, I want to have a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to have to crunch into a, or scrunch yeah. into a, a seat. Yeah. No, yeah. agreed. Before I let you go, what, what is the one thing you have not done yet that you want to do? Because you've done so much over the years. And as I said earlier, you have this strong work ethic. You don't give up. Is there one project or one idea you want to do that you haven't done yet? You know, I've been I've been thinking about things like that. I would love to do a, a TV series, and since there's, I just I, lo- I love TV. But now, you know, there's so many shows on because I would have loved to have. You know, I remember. You know, one of my favorites was you know that girl when I was growing. You know, with Marlo. Marlo Thomas, know, yeah. Marlo Thomas, and she was so so fun. But there's a lot of there are a lot of TV shows now that are funny and fun, and it makes you, you know, forget about just, well, kind of like my, uh, my live shows. You know, it's, I want to take people away for, uh, a, you know, an hour, or a, you know, a half hour, whatever that is. So I think probably to do a, a TV show, not necessarily, I, I don't know that I would want to do a, a talk show. I mean, I've done, uh, I've done some of those, you know, and have people come on a variety show, something like the Dean Martin show, which was great, have people come in and do skits and things like that. That would, be, that would be a lot of fun for me to do, I think. I have not done that yet. People have approached me, so we'll, we'll see. Before I let you go, I just want to reference back to your dad again, because if certain generations don't know the impact of Dean Martin, if you go on YouTube and you watch some of his appearances, it just, it's amazing how the charisma just comes through that computer monitor. You know, I just, yeah. it, it's just there. And there's one particular one that I would reference, which is the Tonight Show appearance he made with, he was on with George Goebel and Bob Hope. Bob Hope, yeah. Yeah, and it's hilarious, the whole, if you watch it, and that's just a sense of his persona that just seemed to be effortless. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, that was him. That's how he was at home. I mean, he was just, he was uh, just funny, you know, not not telling jokes, but he was just uh, funny. He was great. He just had that 
wonderful sense of humor, and he was cool, and uh, you know, he was, let me see, he felt good in his own skin, if you know what I mean. Exactly, and right, which is, which is what I said about you as well, exactly. Oh, thank you. You know, he's not one that would needed people around. I know a lot of people who need people around to make you feel good and everything. Dad was happy, happy being with his family, happy being alone at dinner at La Familia, you know, uh, you know later in, in life, perfectly happy to sit there and have a meal. And, you know, someone would come over and say, Hi, Dean, how you doing? Are you lonely? He says, No, I, I just... I just don't want chit-chat. <laughs> you know, I don't mind the chit, it's the chat. So he would go, you know, he liked to be around people, but he didn't want to. He was perfectly calm being home alone, uh, you, know, with, you know, in his later years, just, you know, uh, watching TV, or he was happy, uh, you know, going out with everyone. But what you saw, that was, that was Dad. But he loved his private time and just to be uh, quiet. And, you know, he wasn't the... Uh, the big party guy that people would uh, think, you know, those were all, you know, that was more of a, a gimmick, his uh, shtick of, you know, the, out there, uh, you know, swinging. Right, <laughs> but, exactly. Where, whereas my uncle Frank Sinatra, he loved to be out there with all the people, and, <laughs> you, know, you know, and he would get up, um, he would stay, I guess, up until the wee small hours of the morning. <laughs> but, but my dad, and I think I'm going to sing that next week. And then my dad wanted to get up in the wee small hours to go play golf. <laughs> that's, you know? a, that's a great way to leave it. My yeah. guest has been Dina Martin. She's been very busy during the pandemic with the Dina Martin live shows that have run online for 45 consecutive weeks. The show was in the top 10 Polestar chart worldwide live streams. For everything about Dina Martin and to catch her weekly shows, go to dinamartin.com and you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Dina, thanks for being on the show again. Thank you, Ira. It was a pleasure anytime. Let's do it again uh, soon. Absolutely. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah.